1: draft podcast dmbr presented by DraftKings. as always use that code dmbr for all their amazing offers right now it's that time of year boys uh j mike jake Schwann. it's the schwan man full crew together it was a fun rivalry week fun time in college sports a lot going on in the world of college football um j mike how are you doing brother
2: I'm doing all right. It's uh, if you follow me on Twitter, it's been kind of a long week. I actually spent essentially all of last Saturday, all of Rivalry Week in urgent care. So I had to watch Hate most it. of those games late night, Saturday night, and then Sunday morning, which was way more entertaining than the Broncos. So I honestly didn't didn't mind in that regard. But nice. Just trying to trying to survive at this point, man. It's been crazy, but it's always good to be back with you guys. And you know this is the this is the best time of year. We're getting into bowl season, the playoffs. Then we'll start focusing real hard on these draft classes and all the different position previews. Um, I'm really looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, Jake. Calm before the storm. Not even in your job, huh?
3: Um, it's been a very eventful last couple weeks. And I have a feeling it's only the beginning. Um, Basketball has been very turbulent and everyone knows the football program has been making headlines. Mm. Um, I think the next time we do this show, we'll have plenty to talk about in the CU football side.
1: Jay, Mike, I'll start the show like this, even though I didn't plan it, but I heard uh, maybe the best case for the Hugh Freeze hire at Auburn, which wow, if uh, if people are acting like Urban Meyer hire is unethical, um, holy shit, what are we doing? But the, the guy can recruit, and he's a, this carousel has been just a game of opposites more than any year ever. Like, oh, you had Herm, Herm Edwards. Let's go with the youngest head coach. Um, oh, you had boring Brian Harson, Let's go with heartless... Hugh Freeze who knows the SEC um aside from Wisconsin which is always going to get like the most meat and potatoes Midwest guy possible everyone's just playing the game of opposites it's classic carousel stuff but the best explanation for the Hugh Freeze hire at Auburn was how does Nick Saban feel about the hire when he sees that announcement is he's going oh shit now we got to cheat even harder in recruiting to keep up with you, or now we got a really game plan to stop that air raid, or whatever. And I thought that was a an interesting case. So, as a Bama guy, I'd like to hear your take on that. And as a CSU guy, what feelings would the prime hire give you to see
2: you? Okay, well, we'll start with Bama. Yes. And obviously, Hugh Freeze had two wins over Bama with Ole Miss, and that's kind of what he built his legacy on there. Mm-hmm. It's a bit fluky, in my opinion, in really both cases of those games. But I he to me, Lane Kiffin would have been a whole lot scarier than Hugh Freeze's. Now, I do think uh-huh. Hugh Freeze is a good football coach. What he's done at Liberty is proof of that, despite yep. not having the resources. They do have financial backing. Like, that's not... A poor program by any means, but you know, it's not SEC money either. I think, from an X's and O's standpoint, you can justify the hire from a PR standpoint from representing a university. I think that's about as ugly as it gets. Art Bryles is probably really the only worst scenario you could go, and I'd keep an eye out on him for the replacement at Liberty because they certainly don't give a shit. I, uh, Yeah, I don't know. I think I think he's a competitive football coach. I don't foresee him going into Auburn and and creating a juggernaut. I've said it time and time again, and this has nothing to do with like Alabama Auburn as a rivalry, just genuinely as somebody that follows the sport. To me, Auburn is one of the worst jobs in all of college football. You can win a national championship there, but the the expectations are just asinine from the fan base. And it's it's one of those where you get run out of town if you're not you know, going 10, 11 wins, competing yeah. for championships on a yearly basis. And that's just really not a realistic expectation when you look at what Auburn football has been historically. They yeah. have moments in the sun, they have runs, but it's not going to be like a yearly dominance thing. So I, he doesn't scare me much. Uh, so long as Saban is at Alabama, I feel pretty confident. Switching it over to uh, the possibility of Deion Sanders going to CU. As a CSU guy, you know, you're nervous in terms of the type of recruit that he could bring. Obviously, he's elevated Jackson State. They brought a bunch of five stars over four and five star guys. I do wonder how much of that has to do with also wanting to be at an HBCU, though, and just like the cultural component of that. Boulder, it's, you know, like let's be real, Boulder and Fort Collins, very white towns. Indeed. Could be a little bit different in that regard. I think he drums up a ton of excitement for the program. I also don't know if there's a coach that feels like a worse fit, at least on the surface, in terms of what CU's leadership is. I don't know. It doesn't terrify me. I guess I'll say that as a CSU fan, because I just have a hard time seeing CU's admin back this program the way that Prime would want it. And it feels like, to me, 15, 18 months into this thing, once the the allure and the headlines wear off, it just feels like a wonky fit. That said, like I said, you bring enough talent into a program, you know, maybe it works, and it just doesn't matter. Maybe CU as a school finally recognizes the benefit of having a, a top-end football program, and they lean right. in all this time. But if it's the same MO from CSU as a, as a or from CU as a university as it has been the last fifteen years, I I don't think Dion would stay much longer than Mel would.
3: Interesting. Um yeah, go that's go fair. Ahead. I mean, it's fair. And it's plenty of the issues with the university right now are how they handle the transfer portal and the types of degrees that they offer these student athletes. And part of Deion Sanders coming to Boulder would be the transfer portal. I mean, you would have to assume we've already seen three, four, five guys enter the portal, including Owen McCown. So they for sure need a quarterback. Um, they need. I mean, they need pieces everywhere. I'm not. I list the whole roster at this point, but you do get that talent in. And whenever this press conference happens, um, of course, Rick George is going to be there, and I'm sure that there will be some sort of news on that situation.
2: It's going to be, be interesting, interesting, man. Yeah, he'd at least bring some excitement to the program, which that in itself is a win. The thing is, is. The Eddie McCaffrey hire for Greeley essentially did the same thing. Yeah, you win, you win the headlines for about six months. But if it, if it's not the right fit, if the university isn't actually going to support his vision, he'll he'll be up and out of there real quick. But like, I mean, this could be a transformative moment for CU football, legitimately. Like as a CSU, fan. I'm not even saying this trying to be a hater. Like as someone that just wants college football to be elevated in this state, I think it would be exciting if Dion came. I haven't I think- seen anything from CU as a school for twenty five years to make me think that it would be like a long-term successful thing for him in Boulder. But if he comes in and he wins a cup couple of years, even if he doesn't love it here, if he's winning and he elevates the status of the program and then he moves on, you still left the program in a better spot than when he arrived. And that would still be a win,
1: yeah. it'll be it'll be very interesting. I'm uh, if nothing else, intrigued that both. CU, CSU, and you can extend it even to UNC. Have tried different things. Have tried hires that at least lean into, swing, man. right, and lean into where the sport is going and how the sport is changing. And that's the other factor in that Hugh Freeze hire is look, Hugh Freeze. I mean, the big knock on Ole Miss, aside from what got him fired, which we should mention, no one's trying to protect his privacy or. Or ethics here was using the company phone to call prostitutes um and i apologize if not that's not the proper term we're using anymore these days but um (laughs) but um that's why i didn't bring it up but hugh freeze in the nil that might really help him become be just lay into the type of recruiter he is that much more um and you wonder what kind of sponsorship opportunities and added revenue could be brought in through Prime himself, you know. Um, and I also want you know, um, Boulder for Collins—they're always some of the top-ranked places to live in the entire country, year in, year out. And for a multi-millionaire guy like Prime, being able to appreciate and enjoy that might might go a little further than it does for for other people um i don't know let me ask it's you guys be real quick
2: before we move on is there to you guys just your gut opinion is there any possibility in which Dion is still at jackson state next year because there's a small part of me that wonders if he can he is the face of hbcu football that's he's got such a big ego and that's that's like his thing
3: do you think he walks away from that I think um, there was. I think it was Brett McMurphy. I haven't been able to pull it up yet, but someone reported that Deion Sanders has been telling recruits he's going to be at a different school this weekend. All right. Well, there we go.
1: Yeah, I I believe. I think. I think if the Power Five comes a knock, and he's he's going to be intrigued. I mean, I think he's. I you know I think this was kind of a big experiment when it all started, and now he's twelve and zero and was able to bring, um, you know, guys to Jackson State that would have never gone to that level of football um, in years prior. So I think he's kind of, it's kind of been a grand experiment and it's kind of worked out. And I think he's ready to take that to the next level and and see how far this thing can go. Um, but man, it's I mean, he's, he's one of one in, in this world. He's one of one.
2: It's going to be a weird week. We'll see. Uh, yeah. If you're if you're CU and you do hire, and you most certainly introduce them to the public against CSU, the basketball game next Thursday.
3: Ooh. Yep. It's it's going to get interesting.
1: That's going to be right.
2: my Rams will go in there and spoil the night. But let's uh, let's go on and let's talk about <laughs> championship weekend. Let's talk about the rest of this.
1: Hell of a week. Um, kind of Jake's week. I mean, he's he's covering the conference uh a champion. Certainly not in football, but I'm told allegedly in other sports they are winning championships over there in the Pac-12. Um, what a great border. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Supposedly. Um, at least Bill great Walton flimmers. was at UCLA back in the day. Yeah, Missy Franklin. Shouts Speed. to one of the great Coloradoans of all time. Yes. Um we have a great border war, Oregon State, Oregon great stuff. Oregon getting eliminated by the Pac-12 title. Then USC maybe locks down the Heisman and the playoffs um, by beating Notre Dame by the same exact margin of victory that Ohio State had beat them by. Only a much better Notre Dame team than who Ohio State faced. And then your guys, Michigan, does it at the shoe proving that big boy football in fact is not dead but it has made the biggest comeback to date in 2022 it's the year of big boy football um and boy, did Michigan ever do that! Ohio State look like some—they look like Texas Tech out there, just pathetic, trying to live on the perimeter. What is this, Washington State? Um, it was disgusting. So, Jake, it Washington was your State week. Plays
2: defense this year, <laughs>
1: yeah. suddenly, yeah. Just, just not hiring an offensive coordinator. It's amazing what that'll do for your uh, football program. It was your week, Jake. What, what would you like to highlight?
3: Um, let's talk about Michigan real quick. I mean, Uh it was what a game first off. And I think I heard Desmond Howard make this point after the game, uh, because the first half was really close and it was, Ohio state was legitimately in control of the game to that point. But he said he felt like the players came out at halftime, just realizing they just took Ohio state's best shot. And Michigan is only down 20 to 17. So the second half, it was just, I mean, it was a bit of arrogance, I think, on the Ohio State side, too. Just cover zero and just not defending. Uh, and I get the concerns about J.J. McCarthy. He's got an arm, though. Like, you got to defend the deep part of the field, even if he's not hitting these passes, because he's going to go down there and at least try them. And yeah. he managed to hit them. And it was just uh, without Blake Corum too. And it's a shame he's done for the year, because uh, he's been so fun to watch and has been so crucial to this team. But Donovan Edwards holding the ball in just his left hand the entire game because he's got a freaking cast on his right hand and puts up over 200 yards in Ohio State. It's insane. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens against Purdue. I think it's a spot that a lot of people, uh, I mean, we all know that Purdue is capable of performing in these spots. Michigan's 16 and a half point favorites, though. So we'll see. I just feel
2: like that first Michigan drive in the third quarter. Was so substantial, like eight plus minutes, just meat. Like like Trey said, meat and potatoes football. We're gonna go for five, six yards a pop, and and with Ohio State, you know, committing so many guys down in the box, but those Michigan guys still, you know, occasionally able to get to the sideline. Like you could feel it. You could feel they were about to pop one, and then they popped a couple of them in that second half. Man, the horseshoe was about half empty by the you know halfway through the fourth quarter. Can I just say real quick, and I'm not the first one to make this point. Uh, I think SVP made this point with uh, Stanford Steve earlier this week, but nobody handles losing worse than Ohio State fans online. (laughs) My God. Like, there are some bad Bama fans. Trust me, I get it. There, There are some really embarrassing ones. Ohio State has done nothing but win for 10 years, and the minute that something goes wrong, you've already got, like, people calling for Ryan Day's job you've got you know people throwing a fit online them trying to justify how they should be in over TCU even before this weekend it's insane sometimes it's not your year take the lumps like the rest of us you spoiled freaking princesses my goodness
1: <laughs> yeah um the fans chanting we want urban um on set just it's
3: insane
1: all-timer 11 and 1
2: this season 11 like 11 and 1, and one.
1: uh cj Stroud was the favorite to win the heisman end to end until that game ends um i'll take a victory lap because on this pod i've said for two years like we have seen the identity of ohio state shift from urban to Ryan Day, and that's generally been a positive, but um you saw it most of all in cover zero. Those those are not the athletes in the secondary we're used to seeing Ohio State. No, they that were
3: posted, man. Yeah,
1: that was some piss poor defense. And
3: tackle? Yeah. Like it's it's just yeah. bad all around. like you said, bad defense. It's really man. bad. It's arrogance by the coaching staff, too. I think. I mean, I know that you've dominated this rivalry and you have this kind of swagger when it comes to this game, but You can't just not defend downfield when this team is completely capable of that explosion we saw.
1: Yeah. And uh, from a draft perspective, shout out to the center for Michigan, um, Olusegun Oluwatimi. Those Edwards runs towards the end. He's just like obliterating the nose guard. He's good. He is outstanding, man. Outstanding. That was... What a game. That's the
2: best O-line in football. Ah.
1: Great question. Great question. Yeah, I kind of...
2: I think they're the most consistent. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's... Because they will yep. maul you in the run game. And they've been pretty solid in pass pro, too. Like, they were trying to send pressure. You know, they were trying to stack the box. McCarthy had, you know, quite a bit of time when he, when he did want to oh, stretch the did. field. Like, he, he did. he wasn't sweating at all, despite the fact that they had all those guys down
1: there. Right. And the real talent on Ohio state's defense is on the edges and they were. Yeah. they didn't do anything. They were quiet like a mouse. Yep.
3: To answer your question, Justin, we can use this as a transition. I think USC's offensive line has played really well too. Mm-hmm. And especially with Travis Dye going down yeah. and just the running production that they still have. Austin Jones is a great back himself too. I'm not, he's not, I mean the, the drop off from Travis died. Austin Jones is not very big at all. Mm-hmm. Um, with how great Travis Dye is. That being said, this team has been running the ball all year long. They average over five yards per carry. And, you know, we love Caleb Williams. We we sung great songs about him last week. But he does have these moments where he kind of goes cold a bit. Um, he hasn't been turning over the ball. So when these sacks kind of happen, I mean, through the CU game, there was only two sacks in, that they had in the season. Um, I know he's gotten hit a few more times, but it's mostly just him running around. It's not like protection breakdowns, you know?
2: Yeah, he's hard to block for in that sense, too, which makes yep. what they do even yep. more impressive because you don't know where he is. You know, he's running around improvising. It's easy to get downfield, easy to get a holding call. Yeah, USC has been impressive. But I don't know. There's just something about that Michigan offense that, yeah, I just I want to buy in. I want to buy in as them having what it takes to beat like a Georgia type team. Um hmm. Little bit nervous to say something like that without Blake Corum, though. I think if you have the one-two punch of Edwards and Corum, Michigan can Um, give anybody in the country a game. And George Edwards, I don't know.
1: Georgia and Michigan just play big boy football like all Mm. uh, around. Offense, defense. They will grind ya. Um, but back to USC, I was thinking not since we had a Heisman winning Marcus Mariota, coached by Chip Kelly, the hottest coach. In the sport, um, has the Pac-12 had a squad like this at a moment like this? And the the victory against Notre Dame means a lot. But even those highlight real and true like Heisman moments, Caleb Williams um, had that weekend. Who? He's football Houdini, man. I, I I didn't think we'd see a, a Mahomes comp come around. No. For a while, and I didn't think and it would he's... be a slap-you-in-the-face yeah Mahomes comp. But, yeah. I mean, he's Mahomes to a fucking
3: T. Is yep.
2: the Heisman and his
3: win or lose at this point? I think so. It's We talked about this on bets. But I can't remember what day it was, Dre. But mm-hmm. before the weekend, Caleb was, what, plus 105, plus 110 to win the Heisman? When we did bets, it was minus 2,500. So he's, Vegas is saying it's his.
1: It is, but if they get eliminated from the playoffs, I don't know that it's such a lock. My thing is, who slots in? Like, who slots in and steals that? That's from. the problem. Coram's injured. Any. Yeah. Right. Is it JJ McCarthy goes off for 500 yards against Purdue and suddenly he's in the convo? By the way, big fan of that 2024 quarterback class. Big, big fan. And I said that a while ago as well. Um, so I don't. I, I'm with you, J. Mike. I kind of think if they're excluded from the playoffs, that puts a big, I mean,
3: that's a, you know. The, the best long shot, though, is, is Stetson Bennett, I think, outside of Caleb Williams. I mean, that's, um, yeah. if he has a big SEC championship game, then I think that he would be one of, if not the next guy up. I mean, as you said, who else? I mean, CJ Stroud's not going to play this weekend. So,
1: you oh, you're skeptical, man. Justin. You're skeptical, no, and I understand right. the skepticism.
2: I, just, I, I can't see my problem with Stetson Bennett, he doesn't have those moments like Heisman in, moments in where he's elevated Heisman moment
1: you need it. Heisman moment. It's, it's what it's all about, guys. Enough. Yes.
2: Yeah, you gotta have the you gotta have those you know, oh yeah, I remember where I was watching this game. It's just a you shame know. that Hendon Hooker went down. I'll say that. Because I It is maybe he should still be in the mix even
1: yeah, he should go to New York. I mean, it's a shame they're no longer in the mix as a two-loss right. team, and Bama's ahead of them, even though they beat Bama outright. The 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 Big Twelve championship's going to give you some dark horse yes. candidates.
3: Yeah, Max Duggan still has his shot yeah. too this weekend yep. if he has a big game. Um, how how I mean, did I not just, think of Duggan? I was Deuce, making the case for him last week.
1: <laughs> Deuce, Deuce Vaughn, eh.
3: if, if probably a little, a little too far easy. out. Yeah. yeah, but I mean. Just looking at the top 10, I mean, because it, the Heisman usually comes from one of these better teams, unless you're a, a Johnny Manziel type who has that signature moment and just does incredible stuff all year. There's, I mean, Bryce Young, are we talking Bryce Young again then? He doesn't no. play this weekend either. He doesn't
2: have the juice this year. And no. they, they, the voters would not want Bryce Young to get it again.
1: It's the problem with being a uh, Heisman winner is you you gotta outdo yourself to repeat.
3: Mm-hmm. It's gonna if, be Caleb Williams. He's too amazing though. I don't I don't see how he just falls on his face this weekend.
1: I I agree. Frankly I agree. And they, Any they other? a close loss probably does it right.
3: But they lost to Utah by a field goal and they put up 42 points and Caleb was doing incredible right. stuff towards right. the end of the game too and even gave him a shot to win. So, All
2: what right. if Utah just kicks their ass, though? Multiple picks for Williams. He doesn't look like USC not even in the game. That's where the dug-in possibility you know,
1: becomes real. You know. yeah. But what if TCU gets upset? But what if and, TCU uh, falls
3: too? <laughs> then Which, where are we? Stetson. At? Stetson.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, an emergency pulled the Stetson lever. <laughs> um, no, it's
3: wow. It's locked up,
1: man. Wow. Um, Anything else you guys want to touch on? Coaching Carousel, Heisman, playoff expansion was the big news of this week. It's uh, officially official, thanks to the Rose Bowl. Mm -hmm.
2: A little bit bummed that the Rose Bowl will give up their traditional time slot. I mean, there is something to that, like, you know, that the sun setting, watching that game, like, We've given up a lot of these, you know, we've conceded a lot of these traditions in college football the last couple of years, and I do think that type of stuff adds up. That said, I mean, the expanded playoff was happening. This had yeah. to happen if the Rose Bowl wanted to be a part of the future of college football. This was the only way for that to work. I'm yeah. excited. This this gives you hope if you are a fan of college football on this half of the country. it It gives you a much more realistic path to the playoff CSU yep. and CU have finished in the top twelve in the twenty-first century.
1: It's yep. just
2: something to think about. Most yep. schools, multiple times.
1: So break it down for us. It's the top twelve, which, looking at this year's rankings, makes for a very interesting top twelve. It would
3: be a doozy.
1: Yeah. Um, crazy enough, the Pac-12 would be the conference with the most teams. My trip. Yeah, because you
2: did Utah, USC.
1: Yeah, yeah, I guess as many as um, as many as the SEC yes, and the and there. Big Ten, frankly. So never mind. But um,
3: it's notable, though. I mean, this program, this conference was. I mean, not many people thought this would happen.
1: Come it's in. notable. Would every Power Five conference get at least one team in the top twelve? Yes. Yeah, you have an ACC, Big 12, Big 10, SEC, Impact 12 representative. Yeah, it works out kind of nicely. Works out kind of nicely. It'd be uh it'd be nice and tidy. Watching Pennix against Georgia would have been fun. Watching Utah take on Michigan would be very meat and
3: potatoes. Um top 4 get to buy though. You got to remember that. So yeah, it'd be Washington, Ohio State, Utah, Alabama, K-State, tennessee clemson penn state
2: Mm. utah alabama feels very like 2007 college football
1: right i was gonna say i swear Mm -hmm. we've seen some high profile bulls or like oh we were this close to getting that matchup in the playoffs a couple times um yeah yeah Uh, i think we've talked a lot about expansion but actually having that set in is uh is nice and i think we've all come full circle on that which. Hey, okay. um, we all I do. Don't, I
2: don't know if it's going to create more parity in the long run. I still think the same couple of teams probably are who end up, you know, winning most championships when it's all said and done. Sure. But at least you have the possibility, and at least the postseason matters. You're not going to have guys opting out of these major bowls if they have a shot to play for a national championship, at least for the most part. Yeah. There might be a couple outliers yeah. here and there, but it's not going to be like it's been these last five years where it's like, all right, we've got this what was supposed to be an exciting fiesta bowl except one team is missing half their starting offense and the other team had half of their defense quit before the bowl as well. Hope you guys enjoy it.
1: Yeah, no more uh, Florida Oklahoma debacles. Yeah. yeah. Like
2: that should have been such a fun game in theory. Like you know, 15 years ago if you think you oh, we've got Florida and Oklahoma in a bowl, like I can't wait. We knew from the start that game was going to suck. We still subjected ourselves to it because we're sickos and we don't yeah. have other hobbies. But I, I think it's just going to make the postseason matter as a whole a lot more. And it gives hope to more programs, which is ultimately what it's all about. The the hope, the dream, you know, it's like all those small soccer clubs across the pond. I think most of them recognize that they're probably not going to go up to the right. Premier League, but they might. It's yep. possible.
1: Yeah, there's a chance. And with the field being so big, uh, it just feels natural. So yeah, no, I'm I'm about it, man. Um it's it's always the best time for college football. Always always the best. Coaching carousel, all that shit. I love it.
3: Love the drama. Get out. What was that? Do we, Can we all give, give a final four before we get out? Let's
1: do it in the next segment, because I think our picks will give oh, away what okay. our final four is. Okay, okay. What were you going to say, Jamek?
2: I was just going to say, you know, like, you love this time of year, you know, the coaching carousel. I love this time of year because I love betting on the NFL with Boom. our partner, DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet on any NFL team to win. If you bet $5, you get $150 in free bets when you hit that. What's really cool, too, is you can get up to 100% boost with DraftKings Stepped Up Same Game Parlay. All you got to do, go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place the Same Game Parlay, combine multiple bets, like which team will win, player props, point totals, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. Pretty simple. How many times can I say big in 30 seconds? We shall see. You could have done it last night and put it on the Bills. That seemed like a a no-brainer. Betting against the Broncos feels like a pretty safe bet at this point. There are always a couple every single weekend that are pretty much free money. Take advantage of those. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use that code DNVR. Place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game. Get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DNVR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions to apply. See show notes for details.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And tis the season, not just in college football, but at Breck Brew, the true homies who've been doing it for 32 years, made with 100% renewable energy. They are Colorado AF like us. Um, Try out some of our favorites, the Christmas Ale, tis the season, the Avalanche Amber Ale, great this time of year. The Vanilla Porter Jr., um, Mile High City Copper Lugger, the Funslinger. I'm full team Funslinger these days. And of course, they're good company, hard seltzers. Um, they're they're just the best, man. They have been with us forever. Um, and it's it's because they're true homies, they make great stuff, they take care of their people, they uh They're lined up with us, and right now, you can check out the beer locator at breckbrew.com to find a beer near you, and check out the sweepstakes for their nice list, Um, doing a little fun Christmas dealio. If you need a Christmas gift idea, enter your favorite beer lover into Breck's nice list sweepstakes at breckbrew.com and search nice list. Um, link is in the description
3: there. Boom. Nailed. Do you guys know that the Thank you. starting quarterback entered the transfer portal? Drew Pine already?
1: Drew Pine um, and uh, McNamara has uh, gone yes. to Iowa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, it's a classic. But we start off championship week. We already had a national quarterfinal game in uh, Michigan, Ohio State. All these games really become de facto quarterfinals, which is one of the few gripes that I had with the expanded playoff system. It's like, well, we've, some of these matchups are already being played out. Are you guys not paying attention? Um, but I, I digress. Friday, we started all off with Utah at USC. Oh, this game has me twisted up like a pretzie. Because Justin's talked me into U.S. Utah is the sharp play. USC might be the sucker play here, and uh, I I can't not unthink that anymore.
2: My biggest worry is Caleb Williams just taking over by himself. Yep, because he's good enough to do so. That Utah defense is is not really you know what we've become to expect of that program over the last couple of years. You know they've got some holes. You can definitely run the ball on them, and that's what USC has been able to do as well as anybody. I don't know, man. We just how many times have we seen this scenario? The Pac-12 team with hope going into it. They're feeling good, and I mean, I saw a quote from Kyle Whittingham. He got interviewed about it, and he was like, "What do you mean you guys already awarded them champs, and they got the Heisman?" Like he is going to drum up every underdog. They don't believe in us. That is their brand. I just feel like if there was any team you would not want to have to play twice in the Pac-12, Utah is that team. And I feel the same way about Kansas State in the Big 12 if you're TCU. like That is not a fun draw in your conference championship in a must-win scenario.
1: Yeah, and worth mentioning, USC actually lost this game. Um,
2: yeah, they've already beat them.
1: Yep. And I mean some, some great matchups, Jordan Addison against Clark Phillips is an all-timer. That's that's some tape we're gonna go back to for a while. Clark Phillips quietly having just an insane season, the stellar Utah cornerback. Um, obviously, Utah's tight ends are no joke. Um to Tua Pulutu has been amazing on the interior of their D-line. And as Jake highlighted, that offensive line for USC, no joke as well, one of the top units. In the country, DraftKings has moved this to two and a half, plus two and a half for Utah, minus two and a half for USC. It is played in Vegas at a neutral site. It's pick time, Jake.
3: Uh, I'm a sucker. I'm taking USC minus two and a half. For Um, conference, Brian. That and just Caleb. I get the best player in the country. I get one of the best teams in the country, too. And they lost that game by a point. um, And... I think that that's going to sting. That stung them for a while, and they're in their playoff hopes. I think they're going to set yeah. things right. Also, I'd like to use this up as an opportunity. I said uh, Caleb Williams was only sacked twice. He was actually sacked twenty-two times. I was thinking of Oregon and Bonix. Wow!
2: Wow! Good clarification there. Whew.
1: That's insane. Um, Justin, what more can we say on this?
2: I think we ah. pretty much covered it. I mean, I will say. Utah's won this game two years in a row. I know this is a completely different USC team, so it's you know, is there really a ton of value in that? Maybe not. I, I'm I pick the Utes. Uh, Trojans,
1: maybe. I, I think want... I'm I'm jumping in on the Trojans live, but I think I am taking Utah ATS gun to my head.
2: Yeah, that's against the spread for sure. Utah. I think the Utes are going to win, but since we're doing these against the spread, um, I like the Utes to cover.
1: Also, over sixty-seven and a half.
2: Oof, it's a lot. But according to DraftKings, each of USC's last six games have gone over. Last year, when they played, uh, or earlier, I should say, this year when they played, there was a combined eighty-five points. So I mean it, it, it. You have some wiggle room there. If the game's anything like last time, uh, the last year, it was
1: 68 points, so. Yeah, and Jake, you're saying hammer the over.
3: I'd say take the over, but watch this for a live under. If there's a turnover early or if there's a couple field goals early, that under is going to drop pretty quickly. Um, I wouldn't let it go below, like I don't know, 60 or so. I guess 57, 58 are key numbers, so.
2: These defenses suck. So like my head says the over, but the moment the scenario the conference championship of this two familiar opponents who have already played once this season and me says that the uh, the under feels like the move.
3: Mm.
1: Oh man, I guess I'm team over but uh, poof, this game. I'm excited to watch it not to bet Bring it. You that's for tonight. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, tonight, right. Absolutely. Uh, K State at TCU are two kind of spicy dark horse Big Twelve uh, candidates for this year. Look at us, Justin. Look at us.
2: This is awesome, man. This is this is what we thought. These were the two teams we felt like had an opportunity to kind of make that jump. That we're getting undervalued a little bit in the preseason. Certainly did not expect TCU to be in the playoff conversation, but. Kansas State was my preseason pick. I think they're just a feisty team. They run the ball well, they're tough defensively. They're not great, but they play tough and they've got talent in that front seven. I just think it's a tough draw for TCU who was down 18 to Kansas State the last time they played before Martinez went down and they were ultimately able to spark that comeback. Impressive comeback nonetheless. I'm not trying to like diminish from their accomplishment or anything like that. I just how many times can TCU barely escape you know by the, the just barely gets away from the explosion just barely gets away from the bad loss. if you watch college football the cinderella stories seem to rarely pan out and i i feel like unfortunately for horn frogs fans this is kind of where the uh, the run ends
3: I think I'm in agreement. It's it's hard for me to go against TCU right now, but they've just, as you've said, Justin, they've really slid by by the skin of their teeth all year long. We've seen it happen time and time again in these big 12 title games, as well as the Pac-12 title games. These heavy favorites just kind of fall in these big moments. I mean, it, it's a tough one, man. I guess if I had a gun to my head, I'd take K-State.
1: They feel like a team of destiny. But when's the last time a team of destiny like actually LSU. got... LSU. Jake, that's good. Good job, Jake. Um, LSU
2: wasn't... They weren't escaping though like by three points every single... I mean, TCU's had to pull out arguably like six wins where you could make a real sure. argument. Like they probably I guess
3: shouldn't destiny... have won that game. I just, I guess just destiny in the sense that you could tell early on this, that LSU team was just so talented and just they were primed to go all the way. Where are you at, Dre? What's your pick?
1: It's another one where I hate it, um, but it's a very like head versus heart. And I think your case for Kansas State um, is a solid one, man. That's one of my great principles always with college football is believe in the, Better equipped backfield, and while Max Duggan's been a beast, what K-State has going on in their backfield is uh, is tough to match, man. It's tough to match. Um, Gonna love watching Quentin Johnson and Deuce Vaughn for our draft-specific followers, two of the most exciting and exhilarating playmakers in the entire country. This one played in Arlington, Texas, we should mention. SEC Championship? Yeah. Yep. We're going in order of these games. LSU at Georgia. Um, Tons of talent. Big test for Broderick Jones, who this is the best edge rotation he's going to face all year uh potentially in his entire career bj ojulari ali gay and harold perkins jr wow 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 i really think that those guys are the only way you can change this over is obliterate stenson bennett force a couple like insane turnovers but look it's not even a healthy Jalen um daniels and uh Georgia favored by 17 and over under 51 and The bet I like in this one is LSU under sixteen and a half. J Jay Mike, you're our sec guy. Start us off.
2: Georgia has been on cruise control for a month now. Mm. Like they, they're just, they're at that stage of a program where it's, it's like, you know, an NBA team at certain stages of the season. They're like, yeah, let's just save this as long as we get through it. I mean, they're they're shutting things down in the second half and pretty much just running out the clock. We've seen it three weeks in a row now where they just don't do much in the second half because they haven't had to. I think they come out and they remind everybody that this is the real Georgia. 17 and a half is, is definitely maybe a little steep. I do think they cover it. I love the uh, the first half spread you, or second half spread, Georgia, seven and a half second half spread. I just think you wear them down. You run for a couple of touchdowns late and, you know, kind of put this
3: one to bed. Love everything he said. I'm taking Georgia minus 17 and a half. Yeah. Um, I just don't really believe I believe in Brian Kelly. I believe that this program can get to this point again mm-hmm. very soon. I don't mm-hmm. think it's this year. And I think Great Georgia's is just too good.
1: Great point. Um, <clears throat> this feels like alt line territory minus twenty three and a half is as big as I can take Georgia. Sign me up. minus twenty one and a half at plus one forty five feels even safer, you know, take a football number. But yeah, I think they I think they murder them by three tuds plus. And maybe we're maybe we're all being complete suckers, right? But I think we're leaning into what feels like the uncomfortable side. Because you don't think of Georgia as like the, oh, put 50 on them. But it's my more, it's my, it's my Python analogy, right? Like they're just going to.
2: Mm-hmm. Here's a bull strike. Constrict them, constrict
1: them, you. constrict them. Yeah.
2: Georgia will have two touchdowns of 45 plus yards in this game.
1: Mm. Love that. I thought you were going to go, Georgia won't win a game by less than two tuds the rest of the way.
2: That's certainly
1: possible as well. Feels like a hot take, but like, what's the spread one against four? You know, like Georgia TCU, I think it's a bigger spread than Georgia LSU. I yeah, thought he like was going to say 20.
3: Georgia was going to have two non offensive touchdowns. That would not shock me either. Sign me up. Right?
2: That'd be, that's, that's, you call that shot. That's a moonshot. Go to Vegas after that.
1: I'm about that life. Um, okay. Well, And then we move it on to Big Ten Championship. Perdon't, as my old manager at Ace Hardware, the um, Ohio State-obsessed K-Dub would call them, famously when Purdue upset them. uh, One of my colleagues greeted him that morning with a sign that said, Perdon't, Perdid. But Perdon't, amazingly, against Michigan, Big Blue favored by just 17. This seems too easy, on the other hand. You're a Michigan expert, Jake. Uh, Cruise control mode here?
3: I do get nervous because it is Purdue, and they are just capable of showing up in these big spots. I think it's worth noting that Aiden O'Connell, the quarterback, I think uh, not last week, maybe the week before, he had his brother die. So he might be playing with a bit of a heavy heart, too. Um so I don't know I don't want to underestimate that fire but this Michigan team has just been so strong all year and yeah. as you said the boa constrictor man I mean they may only be up by 3 or 7 at the half but uh 17 I think is definitely in reach. Purdue's covered
2: against top 5 AP teams each of the last four times just for perspective 6 of Michigan's last 7 games have gone under have not played each other since 2017 when Michigan won 28 to 10.
1: This to me is a classic big 10 championship where you have a mega favored against a scrappy dog and those big 10 championships. Let me tell you how those play out. Scrappy dog keeps it in play and closer than you expected right up to the final 2 to 3 minutes of the second quarter and that's where you jump in on Michigan and hammer away and it'll be uh, smooth sailing from then it'll get a little tense early smooth sailing after
3: Aiden O'Connell's actually away from the team right now too Ouchie. so that's so they,
2: they he might not even they might have their backup quarterback uh,
3: yeah that, god
1: that's that sucks. give me
2: Michigan man. but yeah I might buy that. I might buy an alternate spread, to be honest.
1: Honestly, heart goes out to a kid who's experiencing that kind of tragedy and then uh, misses out on this kind of opportunity and this kind of magical season. Um, let's move it on to the ACC championship. That's Saturday at six Clemson against North Carolina. Uh, we've talked about meat and potatoes. This feels like a bit of an empty calories game. Though, obviously, Clemson, very sound defensively, very sound, tons of talent. Um, Wouldn't be surprised if they have more guys drafted in the top 20 or round one than any team we're talking about this weekend. Um, Miles Murphy, my guy up the middle who I'm blanking on right now, the defensive tackle, um, definitely the guys to key in on. But Tar Heels, any believers here?
2: Yep. Yep. I think they can cover. I, I wouldn't shock me if they pulled the upset either. Just with how inept Clemson is offensively. I mean, maybe this is the the Drake May coming out party for you know yeah. everybody else that isn't kind of locked into these future draft classes.
1: Drake May, obviously the um, mm-hmm. talented UNC quarterback, really had a stellar season this year. And uh, Josh Downs, a guy to watch for, really talented wide receiver out of UNC.
2: I mean, is, is Clemson a playoff team if you just put Drake May as their starting
1: quarterback? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> no doubt, right? No doubt. Like, with what yeah. they have
2: defensively, I don't see how they wouldn't.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Um, and it's not like they're talent inept on offense either, you know. Right. Um, no,
2: they just can't score.
1: Yeah, yeah, 100%. Uh, Brian Brees is the defensive tackle. I was thinking, you know, what's the play in this? So UNC plus seven and a half. Maybe take under 63 and a half?
3: Yeah. I mean, North Carolina could score points, though, man. And Clemson can too. It's just finding that consistency at quarterback and finding the end zone and not turning the ball over, just playing good football on offense, which they don't really do all that often. Um, I mean, they have big wins, but it's, uh, I wouldn't say it's as impressive as teams like Tennessee and Michigan have been able to do offensively. So, uh, I love the seven and a half. That actually makes me kind of nervous how much I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if I had to lean any way on the total, I'm going over.
1: I mean, we've, this is the matchup we've circled in the ACC for a while now, right? hmm Like this was, this was all kind of set up to to work out this way. Um yeah i'm i'm excited for this i'm excited for this more so for like starting some some scouting for next year yes. let's see frankly uh i leave the floor to you justin you of course will have mountain west championship takes and anything else you guys want to touch on before we get out of here
2: Fresno State, three-point underdogs at Boise State. That game is on the Boise State campus. It's not a neutral site. Um, Underdog has covered the spread in eight of the last nine meetings between Fresno and Boise. Fresno, you can get plus three at minus 110. I love that. I like Fresno State outright on the money line at plus 135. I've... I've... You know, been a bit of a Boise hater over the years. I've also been honest about when I think they're really good. This is the best Boise football has been in probably since like 2017. Been about five years since they've had a team this talented. Crazy. I just like the experience, I think, for Talon Green as a true freshman to overcome Jake Hayner in this one would be massive. I mean, if he does that, Boise is going to be off and rolling, especially going into next year. Fresno has been red hot since Jake Hayner came back. They've got great skill guys. They've been there before. They've been in this position now, three years running. I just like the experience in that scenario. And I like betting on Jake Hayner. I think it's a fun experience.
1: It's their time. It's their time, man. Um they, they know I'm gonna disagree with Justin on that one.
3: Hayner's too fun. I'm with him too. Taylor Green's a lot of fun too, though. He's a guy. You He's a watch stud,
2: out for. man. And A big reason why I was so low on Boise State this year had to do with Hank Bachmeyer, and I was dead right about that. The offense really struggled. Green has changed everything. He's a dynamic athlete. The ability to run has opened things up. They've just found an identity, but they switched offensive coordinators. They've had a lot of change. They're a really good team. I just think it's they're a little bit early. They're here a year early, and Fresno State got hot at the right time After, you know, kind of a tough start with some injuries.
1: Okay. I lied. That wasn't the last thing. Final four predictions is the season. Now or never, we will hold you to this for the rest of your life. I will bring this up every other draft pod we do after this. So it's kind of no
3: pressure, really. Jake, go (laughs) ahead. Uh, I'm going to go Georgia, Michigan, USC, and Ohio State. And I think that we have a chance at an Ohio State-Michigan national title game.
2: I am going to go Georgia-Michigan-Ohio State-Alabama. Wow! Because I think TCU and Utah. I think Utah beats USC. I think Kansas State beats TCU. And as shitty as it would be, I don't even know if it would necessarily be right. I think Bama would probably get in over a one-loss TCU in that scenario.
1: Yeah, I mean, they lost by a combined four points to LSU and Tennessee. Uh, That's what the committee would say. It would be crazy to slot them in ahead of Tennessee who beat them. Like, insane. Um, They don't care about head-to-head. They don't. they don't. They should. That they should be, the, that should be yes. the
2: first thing that you look at. Did these two teams play? That's... Who won? But right. they don't. And so, like, I'm just... I'm going off of precedent, uh. guys. Like, I... You know I'm a Bama guy. Now, if USC wins tonight, it, it's a moot point. Bama's out. The only way they can get in is if USC and TCU both lose. And even then, it's not a guarantee because, you know, maybe USC gets the benefit of the doubt, still, especially right. if it's just, like, a narrow, narrow loss... But I'd say, you know, if you're you're the committee, then you say, well, USC had an opportunity to beat Utah twice, and they couldn't do it either opportunity.
1: Oh, man, it's brutal. Um, But I do think with one loss, TCU loses out to Ohio State. And so I'll go Georgia, Michigan, USC, and Ohio State. Uh, but i really am afraid that justin's right i mean justin's just like leaning into the dark side he's he's going the sharp way all the way and um it would be classic college football for us to get excited parity, oh <laughs> other teams and then what's the playoff georgia michigan ohio state alabama Ugh. Yeah. Um,
2: from that's... a football perspective though would that not be fun those four teams
3: It'd be a hell of a semifinals, yeah. dude. I mean Ohio yeah. State against I guess, who would it be then? Would it be Ohio State, Michigan Georgia?
1: Ohio State, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Oh no, They'd if it plays up. out like no, it would be Georgia, Bama, and Michigan, Ohio State.
2: Those would be the semis and the winner would the winners would play in a national title. Like uh, it'd be unreal. really fun. I also that's understand unreal. why some people would absolutely hate it. Yeah. All I'm saying is that realist that scenario is more realistic than people expect. And, uh, Alabama to win the national championship at plus 6,000, there's a path to that. And it might be worth wow. sprinkling.
1: Wow. Might be worth sprinkling. What's crazy is Georgia Bama is a matchup. We haven't seen this season yet or due. the salt due for- from a
3: Michigan Ohio state rematch. Oh would be-
1: man. Incredible. Incredible. Yeah. Absolutely. Amazing. Boys, it's always a blast. Um, it's one of the few things I enjoy as much as watching college football on these weeks as doing these with you every week. Um, so thank you all. Thank you all for tuning in. Best of luck with all your picks. Have fun watching all these great matchups, all these great talents. And uh, we will be back to talk it all through next week. Later.